Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the second season of the TBC Podcast. I'm your host and editor-in-chief of the Bethel Collegian, Brett Esch, and it is Thursday, November 30th, Christmas right around the corner, exciting time of the year. As a reminder, you can find this podcast on our website, collegian.bethelks.edu, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. To not miss a single update from us, be sure to follow The Collegian on X, Instagram, and Facebook. All you have to do is search The Bethel Collegian. The TBC Podcast is brought to you by The Breadbasket. Whether it's baking, cooking, or catering, The Breadbasket is always fast, friendly, and casual. Open from 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. Monday through Thursday, till 8 p.m. on Friday and Saturday, and from 10.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. on Sunday. Visit 219 North Main Street in Newton for your favorite homemade meals or call 316-283-3811 or visit newtonbreadbasket.com to have them served at your party or event. The Breadbasket, let us bake for you. Now, let's jump straight into the Collegian ticker. Starting off in news, Bethel's Jerusalem seminar trip was canceled due to the ongoing Palestine-Israel conflict. Lauren McCreary joins us next to discuss her story about this. The SGA held a regularly scheduled meeting on Tuesday. April Powells will join us in a bit to talk about the organization's progress through this fall semester. In sports, the Bethel basketball team split their games with Bethany and with Ottawa as the early stages of KCAC play continue. Read more about these squads and stories by Jenna Mahoney and Frank Driscoll on the website. If you'd like your Bethel or community event announced on the Collegian ticker, you can email collegian at bethelks.edu or direct messages on X or Instagram. First up joining the TBC podcast today is news writer Lauren McCreary. Lauren, thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your day to join uh, and talk about an interesting subject that you uh, wrote in a story about a few days ago. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, I also know that it's like, you know, I've been seeing on social media a lot how this is like the toughest two and a half week stretch for college students here. Most definitely. Um, and I know that I'm adding some some extra pressure on you with this one act play. Oh, yeah. Uh, that we have Friday <laughs> night. So Friday night in Crable Auditorium at seven o'clock, uh, there's going to be a series of one act plays. Myself, I am one of the directors. Lauren is uh, my lead, uh, one of my leads, uh, actually just one of two characters uh, <laughs> yeah. in my one act. So Lots of pressure. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I'm just uh, piling it on top of her right now, on top of senior seminar, communication theory and research methods. So we have a lot going on. But today we're here to talk about uh, the Jerusalem seminar trip, which was recently canceled. Uh, you wrote a story about it in the news section of the website. Very good story. Got you know a lot of good perspectives from students. Um, so can you just provide some background about the, the Jerusalem Seminar course and kind of Bethel's history with the trip and, and what makes this so unique for Bethel? Okay, so this trip had students, spouses, pretty much anyone in the community, community who wanted to go could go. Um, but it was mainly a priority for Bethel students and Tabor College students. And this trip was supposed to be from December 26th to January 15th. And um, just basically learning about the culture and the religions in Jerusalem and just kind of going through that and to understand the conflict between the Palestinians and the Israelis. That was before the whole trip had been canceled. And so, uh, yeah, that was just kind of what the basis of it was and to have time to reflect and worship and pray together while learning about these different cultures. And sorry, I was just going to continue with, um, I'm not quite sure about the history of like Bethel going on these trips, Mm -hmm. but I do know that Peter, 
Gorzin, whenever I talked to him about going, he said that they have a lot of relationships with people who live in Jerusalem. And so that's what makes this trip great for people to go on is because they know where to go and they have those connections there. Right. And and so I know that you had been uh, enrolled in this course. You were getting ready to go on this trip. And um, so can you talk about what for you specifically you know, propelled you to, to sign up for this course, to go on this trip and, and, and plan to, to go experience that like you talked about? Yeah, so I had a lot of friends who go to different colleges who have gotten to study abroad, but you know it takes like a whole semester to go somewhere else. And this one came up and it was like right after Christmas. So going to the, like the Holy Land after Christmas was perfect. And I wouldn't miss a whole semester. And it was senior year. And so everything was just kind of like lining up perfectly. And I've never been on a plane before, so I was like, you know, this is a far (laughs) flight, but you know what? More than one new experience. (laughs) Yes, but I was like, this is perfect. Like, people who know where to go, and so I would be able to experience that in all its fullness. That's really cool, and Mm -hmm. and it's a good point about, you know, it being right after Christmas. That that does just line up perfectly. Unfortunately, though, uh, Peter Gorzin, like you mentioned, sent out the the cancellation email. Uh, I believe that was in October. Um, and so kind of what were, uh, you know, what was your initial reaction to that? Not only as, you know, just a Bethel student, but also like being one of the ones that was getting ready to go on that yeah. trip and having that experience kind of taken from you. Um, it was kind of overwhelming because like all the preparation to get into it was just a whole lot. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, this trip may not happen because of recent events that have been happening. And my parents were a little bit um, eerie of sending me there. And so they were like, you know, we may have to tell you not to go, even if your the trip still happens. And so I had already kind of like prepared myself for that news, whether it was from my parents or from the school. So I wasn't necessarily surprised that it was canceled, but it still, you know, sucked because it was it was gonna be really cool. I like, you know, a trip of a lifetime. but. Right. I mean, it's not very often that you get the opportunity to go somewhere like that and and, and interact with, mm-hmm. you know, being with people that are walking alongside you with that experience is, is something that would have been really unique. And so, you know, you you, you spoke with a few students in mm-hmm. your story. I think about Jordan Twinner, uh, Peter Bueller, who's been very, uh, you know, close following uh, the Palestine-Israel conflict and had a lot to say about it. And so, you know, Talk about their emotions, kind of what you gathered from what they had to tell you. And and does that kind of capture the general sentiment, just this overall feeling of disappointment not being able to go to Jerusalem? Yeah, I would say I appreciated uh, JT's honesty and his response because he was like, man, this sucks. I raised all this money to go just for me to have to like give it back to everyone who donated. And I, I feel that because, like, you know, you work really hard and then it just goes away. But then, you know, he comes back and is humbled by that and completely understands why and, like, um, feels for the people over there. And I think Peter also said it very well with, like, his response of um, just understanding how violence, like, continued violence. So we still kind of got a lesson out of, like, this whole situation not being able to go that we would have if we had gotten to go, if that makes sense. And so um, I feel like that is the over arching like theme and like response was you know it's upsetting for us and we can be selfish but also like have to understand that it's not just us who's affected but there's like a whole lot more that's going on and I think you know you brought up uh, Jordan Twinner's uh, you know quotes to you and I think that that's really important that's something we'll get into a little bit later is about 
you know, how did this, how does this put that conflict in perspective? You know, uh, so that's really interesting. Uh, so now what are the next steps now that it's been canceled? You, you know, you, you mentioned Twinter having to, to, you know, raising those funds and then having to return those. What are some other things looking like for other students now that kind of having to detach yourself from, from this trip? Yeah. So next steps are getting refunded for our flights. That's like the main thing is hoping that we get our money back because some people had non-refundable flights, mm-hmm. but because some of the, um, planes are not allowed to go into Jerusalem anymore that they might be more lenient as to like refunding people instead of them just canceling the trip and then um, where students have to find a new course to enroll in to get that credit that they would have the cross-cultural learning and so that's been another stress for students is to change their schedules and to be able to um, fill that space missing now so and that's something you and I were just talking about, like you said before recording was, I mean, a lot of, you know, something that kind of goes over the head, you know, that I didn't think about, obviously, is the students that were depending on this trip is their, you know, cross-cultural mm-hmm. learning, which is a requirement yeah. for all Bethel students to be able to graduate. So might see some faces return, uh, you know, next fall because uh, they're not able to squeeze an extra credit in. So that's really just tough for them. And um, so do any of the students, to your knowledge... Um, plan on making the trip at a later time, maybe on their own, or just, you know, what are some things that, that students are thinking, like possibly making up for this, for this trip? Um, I, not that I'm aware. I don't know of a whole lot of students who are planning on going later. I would assume that in a couple of years, those students who are underclassmen might be able to like, if another opportunity arises, would be get, would go. And then like we were talking about earlier, how, um, it's not just students who were going on the trip. So I don't know if that may be a plan or not, but have, asking students who were supposed to go on this one, if they would like to go later or opening it up for people to like go. And so, um, I'm not sure what that would look like. And I know Peter was giving it, uh, Peter Gorzin was giving it time before they would try to plan another trip because obviously it's not going to happen in any time in the near future. So, I don't know. I I think it'd be cool to go, but yeah, that's another thing I didn't think about is what about next year, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like you wrote in your story that there's no imminent sign of a ceasefire or or any resolution. So yeah. I mean, next year can maybe be, or maybe the year after that. Just mm-hmm. so it kind of puts the entire course in jeopardy. I think uh, you know, in the near future, especially. Uh, so last question I have is, how does this put the conflict in Palestine in in Israel? Uh, in perspective for you personally and for other students, you know, Jordan Twenter kind of mentioned that, like we talked about uh, putting that in perspective, just how has this kind of heightened the awareness among Bethel students about how serious the conflict is uh, across the across mm-hmm. the globe? So for one of the assignments that we were given for the seminar was to uh, do research on the conflict and to read books and to understand it fully and see what it means to us. And I think that kind of happened throughout this, like the cancellation of it, was that we were learning about it and understanding why it happened. So I feel like, you know, we're still being able to learn that. And um, I was going to say, like Peter Bueller mentioned in his um, quote, was that like his opinion on the violence and how um, violence does not stop. It's just a continuation. And I feel like there's lessons learned from all of this that we can take out of it. Besides just like, you know, doing our research and being able to go over there. So, 
Right. It's definitely a, definitely a cyclical thing. I mean, this is far from the first conflict mm-hmm. uh, in Palestine, Israel. And, and unfortunately, it's just flaring up at a time here when, <laughs> you know, Bethel students were preparing for mm-hmm. a life changing experience. And so um, hoping that, that all that gets resolved. Uh, Lauren, uh, thank you, as always. Uh, you're actually the first um, we're going to have April on later, so she'll be the second. You're the first repeat guest of the TVC podcast. Yes, let's go. Um, you know, and I'm glad that you were able to come back on and, you know, share some insight into a really important subject. So. Yes, thank you. I'm glad. Um, I also wanted to mention, if I didn't say it enough, that, you know, we're all empathetic for everything that's going on and that, you know, um, not just about ourselves, too. So, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, Lauren, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Next up joining the TBC podcast is another news writer for the Collegian, April Powell. Thank you so much, April, uh, for joining, especially in this last, you know, these final two and a half weeks, getting ready for winter break. Everything kind of gets tense. It gets busy. But I appreciate you uh, taking some time to talk some uh, Student Government Association. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. So, uh, you know, right off the bat, you know, obviously a new administration uh, coming in this semester uh, with Hayden Wallace and Matthew Fleck as president, vice president, respectively. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about some of the goals that they had set out? I had spoken on this podcast with Matthew Fleck uh, last semester, so kind of wanted to do a check-in here. Just talk about some of the goals that they had set out um, and how those have been coming along as we get ready for this semester break. Yeah, they, they both kind of had some of their own like individual goals. I know that Hayden had one where he wanted to, um, he wanted to do two terms like his sister did, and... Um, Matthew wanted to implement Robert's rules, which has been an interesting progression to watch during the meetings. They're catching on, kind of. They're getting there slowly. Um, <laughs> I kid, I kid. They're they're doing great. But um, one of their main goals for SGA this year was really improving communication with the Bethel College administration, and so they've been working really hard um, to get that done. And a lot of their other goals, I feel like, have maybe been push to the side a little bit in pursuit of this one like really important goal yeah well that's great to hear I mean it's obviously that's important right is having that open line of communication because because you know as we'll get into a little bit you know how much the SGA coordinates not only with administration but also when they speak to the board of directors right Mm -hmm. because they had those board of directors meetings and so uh, SGA it's it's great to see them you know really step up and try to play a prominent role there and so talking about their relationship with the administration, they had a luncheon um, that they had set up. And, and I know that this was a big deal. There was a whole SGA report, I think, strictly on this. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was a priority for uh, Wallace and Fleck. Can you talk about the, the lead up to that and kind of the results of that and how that went and kind of how that idea came about, too? Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not privy to all the information, of course, but they they just they knew that there was some miscommunications and they really wanted to work toward getting that fixed. So they were like, let's set up a luncheon, have like a nice friendly thing that we can like talk with uh, a lot of people on the cabinet and stuff. And, um, I don't, I don't know how long they had this planned for, but I think I'd heard about it for maybe two meetings. So maybe like a month before it actually happened, they got it scheduled and taken care of. And, um, they had like a list of questions they wanted to talk about, some topics um, they wanted to bring up to administration. I cannot for the life of me remember what they are at this <laughs> moment, but they did talk about um, that town hall meeting, mm. which had happened earlier that week because it happened on a Friday and all the administration was really excited to talk to SGA about 
um, student concerns and stuff. So I feel like that's a great step in the right direction, bringing student concerns too. Yeah, I forgot about that town hall. I know that that was something that was kind of scheduled right in the middle of the day. Oh yeah, on, oh on a yeah. Friday, you know, and and we had conversations about that. And did you were you able to? I know this is not on the question list that I gave you, but um, you know, did you? Was there anything you heard about that? About how that went? Um, just that town hall. Yeah, actually, I was not expecting to be able to go, but I made it. Like, I it was at um, scheduled during one of my rehearsals and. We ended rehearsal early, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can go. <laughs> so I went, and I sat in for about 45 minutes, and it went, like, three times longer than it was scheduled to go. And um, I, it, I, I think it went well. Like, from what I could tell, like, students were really um, bringing forward their concerns, and administration was, like, accepting these concerns. Um, it was... An interesting time. I think it would be great if we did more of them because it was it was a little awkward and I and, feel and like, have them yeah, scheduled at more convenient. Yeah, yeah, times. yeah. <laughs> of course, like so that more student body could show up because there was there was only like maybe ten people there and like a group of five people who who were really bringing up all those concerns so yeah right well uh well folks real quick if you want to know how april is so good at her job is the oh, fact gosh. that she got excited to go to a town <laughs> i mean she got out of rehearsal and was like oh let's go to this oh, town hall. that's awesome uh so talk about some of the key bills that have been passed you know uh, obviously a, a change in how the senate is formatted uh with senators to represent mm -hmm. uh, living residential spaces mm -hmm. as opposed to to grade level which i think has been widely a, a pretty popular oh, yeah. decision um so talk about some of the key bills that this senate has you know looked over and, and approved and and some of the things that they're doing um yeah i went well this this is a little uh, I was looking through my my old articles, trying to find some that I th I was like, oh, these are really important, and that was really difficult because uh, there are some that I felt was really important and that other people might not feel as important. So um, I just picked out a couple. Uh, feel free to like go through some some of the old stuff and find some good stuff. But um, I know that SGA did this last year, but they funded the Adams Family Musical for like student body tickets. So every student could go to one showing, I think, free. Um, and I think that really was nice for the student body to, it really benefited us in like um, getting involved in the music. Um, I think the luncheon funding bill was really important because, again, administration, uh, communication. Um, and then this I don't think this is technically a bill, but they've been passing a lot of ISRs, so the individual student requests. Um, so that's right, right? Uh, I think it's individual scholarship requests. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I just know yeah. them by ISRs. But um, <laughs> I'm a former SGA senator, so yeah, you know, you know the lingo. Um, but I feel like those have been really important because, like, well, they're, it's money for the students and. And their individual projects, and they have been doing like an average of one or two every meeting, and which I'm sadly not privy to like witness because they go into an executive session. But you know that's that. Yeah, yeah, I got that. Executive sessions back in the day, at least from my experience, used to get pretty, pretty heavy. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> um, so, 
what all did the SGA, you know, we just kind of mentioned this briefly earlier about the board of director meetings. Uh, I know that we were all hands on deck as a new staff for that uh, mm -hmm. once again. And those are always kicked off with an SGA portion. Uh, mm -hmm. where uh, the uh, administration of SGA can come in and speak with the board of directors about things that are going on uh, within the organization. Kind of what was the layout of that? How did that look? What were some of the main uh, items that SGA brought to the table there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I was sitting there in the audience watching. I felt so bad for our SGA reps because I would be so nervous, like starting out a meeting <laughs> and they were like first after, after the general like introduction, everything they brought, they brought up, um, Hayden Wallace and Matthew Fleck and they had to do their SGA portion, but they, they talked about, uh, they had a, an SGA assessment. So they had to go through some of the things that they've been working on. They talked about their ISR requests. They talked about, uh, their new and improved, um, uh, constitution, um, which was important for the board to hear. And looking at my notes. Yeah, they talked about that. Um, they also talked about the changes that they made to their senator election process. So just went through all that general stuff. And then the board had an opportunity to ask them some questions. And some of them were pretty lighthearted and like, what inspired you to be a president of SGA? Or, um, some of them were talking about like student um, happiness on campus, like what they were feeling and um, communication between SGA and student body. So they had some good conversation. Uh, yeah, that's it's it's always interesting sitting in uh, in old uh, the chapel. Uh, I love <laughs> watching it. The, every time <laughs> I walk in, people are just staring at me because the stairs yes. are so squeaky. That yes. old wood in there. Um, so it so going back to kind of bills here uh, on November thirteenth, you actually wrote about the lighting at the plaza bill, mm -hmm. which turned out to be a, you know a tad source of controversy oh, somewhat, oh yeah. a little, little back and forth. That was actually shot down, uh, and, and it's mm -hmm. not very often uh, that you see the Bethel SGA shoot down a bill kind of oh, like yeah. they did this one. Um, kind of what what was that kind of all about, and and what was that bill uh, proposing, and and why did the senators feel that it wasn't uh, worthy of a, an approval? Yeah, <laughs> that bill, like I almost listed that one as an important one, but then I was like, oh, wait, it didn't pass. So never mind. I can't can't technically do that. Um, but this bill uh, was uh, presented to SGA by Heidi Hoskinson. I, th I think like she sent them um, a request for this um, and it was asking for, I believe, eight one thousand eight hundred fifty dollars for wow. the lighting of the plaza right. event which is the um the like that little plaza outside of yeah we right. know what it is yeah. um and my understanding is it was for like refreshments for lights for the trees to make it a bigger more campus-wide event and um yeah it was it would have been supplemental funds for the lights and stuff and uh yeah, where do I go from there? Like, SGA had previously funded this event. Like, last year, they paid $300 toward this event. So they kind of had some previous experience with it. Yeah. Yeah. And there was just a feeling, I mean, it, it's definitely a, a pretty hefty increase in yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. funding. They were a little bit uncomfortable with that, for sure. Um, and, and, and I know that... One of the senators, Isaiah Smith, actually gave you a quote uh, for that SGA report. Yes, he did. Uh, and I guess that kind of captured the general sentiment yeah. about it. So 
um, that was that was really interesting to watch unfold. Um, you know, speaking of uh, you know legislation, uh, there's been a lot of uh, BCCJP, which is a Community for Justice and Peace, uh, influence on a lot of the, the recent legislation, mm-hmm. right? I, mm-hmm. I see from your updates on X. Uh, if you, by the way, if you don't already follow April on X, <laughs> you need to do that right now. Uh, live, live posting from the SGA meetings always <laughs> fun to keep track of, um, and, and we've been seeing that this, you know, the the letters CJP re, you know resurface a lot mm-hmm. uh, lately. Kind of what's been fueling that, and kind of how is the SGA CJP relationship kind of forming right now? Yeah, I I'm I'm actually kind of excited about this. Um, just kind of a weird thing to be excited about again. But uh, BCCJP is um, they're a more action oriented club. I actually talked to Abby Chapel Decker, who is one of the co presidents, and she 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 told me that, and she talked about how um, working with and through SGA is a great way to um, to have organized action. On campus, and so she was. Um, that's that's why they've been coming to SGA for more stuff. They've been writing resolutions. Um, I think the last two meetings they showed up, and um, the last meeting I went to on Tuesday, they had like five or six members in attendance there to like advocate for their bill. Um, I think like. Honestly, the best way, the reason I'm so excited about this is because the best way for a club to advocate for what they need and what they want is to go to SGA. And I think CJP has just recognized that potential and and really stepped up to do that. So so yeah. do you feel like that this kind of sets a precedent for, you know, kind of for other clubs if they want, you know, certain bills to be proposed and passed that they should show up to SGA and and feel like do you feel like that this is something that all clubs could absolutely absolutely especially with i know that like funding is always an issue the clubs are always like oh we need we need more funding for this we need more funding for that and i think if you want something to happen if you need funding or if you need well yes you'd probably not like me saying that but if you if you need um some kind of legislation passed or something if you want something to happen you should go to sga because they're there to represent the students they're there to take care of our needs so why not right i think it definitely could be a good precedent for the future for sure um so last thing i had was you know uh, looking forward like i said these last two and a half weeks what are some things that the sga is kind of trying to shore up or or take care of or some some you know short-term goals that they're trying to take care of uh, before they head home uh, for winter break i think they're they're pretty pretty gosh darn close to being finished they've um um they've had to replenish their their rso account once or twice now because people keep bringing stuff to them and they're like oh oh right here's here's the next thing and um mm, they've mostly been helping out with like gala funding uh they paid for a dj i think yeah yeah they paid for a dj and i don't really know of any any goals that they have to finish up the year i think they're really just trying to smooth sail and just finish out and then uh take care of things that are coming to them as as they show up so probably more isr accounts i would say Absolutely. And I, I think 
you know, I, I think a lot of people are, are happy with what SGA has, you know, you taught, you mentioned the new constitution mm-hmm. and, and I also feel like that's another thing that's been widely popular as far as uh, the way that SGA operates and, mm-hmm. and their ability to communicate with students. And you talked about all the ISRs and really helping out a lot of uh, Bethel students with that. So mm-hmm. um, I really feel like SGA has done a good job this fall and it'll be, uh, you know, exciting to see how they continue in, oh, yeah. into the spring. And so, um, yeah, April. Uh, thank you so much. This is your second year now on the SGA beat. Yep. Um, and so you're a, you're a veteran now at, yep. uh, at all the. Uh, still need to get the lingo down a little. Bit. I know. I know. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, have a great rest of the week, April. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Well, that'll do it for episode number eleven of the TBC podcast. As a reminder, we are brought to you by the Bread Basket. Whether it's baking, cooking, or catering, the Bread Basket is always fast, friendly, and casual. Visit 219 North Main Street, Newton for your favorite homemade meals or call 316-283-3811 or visit the link in the description to have them served at your party or event. The Bread Basket, let us bake for you. See you in two weeks. Thank you for listening.